Hi, this is the Pilgrim Family Podcast. I'm Eva, my little brother's Theo, and my mom and dad are Sean and Angela. Hi, friends. We are here in Mexico in Nuevo Vallarta doing the stem cell treatment for a Theo. We have Josh here with us from Dream Body Clinic. Say hi, Josh. Hello, how's it going? And Sean's here as well. And Theo, you'll hear running around in the background. We just did the first treatment and um, Theo's, we were really worried, but it turned out to go really well today. Um, and so we thought it'd be a good opportunity for us to sit down and with Josh who helps run Dream Body Clinic, and he could kind of tell the story of how it came to be and um, give everyone inside view and access to what happens here. And well, first off, how we heard about Dream Body Clinic was through uh, an autism mom that's in my little group. We talk about all the time. Shout out to Lindsay. Lindsay had been researching Dream Body Clinic and then uh, she had done stem cells at a different location previously, and um, we knew that we wanted to do stem cells. So after FNT, we started researching a little bit, um, but really just relied heavy on like Lindsay's knowledge. And I know that COVID kind of set everything back for a little while for everyone getting down here. But that's when we decided to reach out to Josh was just a few months ago was when we we're like, okay, we're ready for stem cells. We're kind of waiting for Theo to pass like through a, a pandas flare. And we we're wanting his body to be like calmed down in hopes that he would just receive the stem cells better. But then the more we learned, the more we researched and just like went with our gut instinct. We were just like, no, we just got to get down there. So that's when we reached out to Josh. Yeah. Now you guys got a hold of me and we're happy to help. Yeah. Lindsay was just here and we'd been in talking, geez, probably for over a year close to it. She's really been doing research and all that. And she went to the other clinic in the past. And yeah, we've had quite the influx of autism patients just over the past probably like three or four months. Um, we're getting a lot of patients that initially started doing our intrathecal treatment, which is part of it now. Um, that really, you know, the results from that have been incredible. So it's really a lot of those initial patients have been seeing, you know, it's been six, nine months since that. And the word of mouth has gotten out and that's really helped us to, to help more people. So you've been in operations for about nine months now? No, we've been around for nine years. We just, oh, wow. we really, like autism wasn't like one of our main focuses. We started doing the stem cells five years ago. And with that, you know, joints, knees, elbows, shoulders, those are kind of like the, everybody was already looking for those things. Autoimmune diseases were part of it. And then Dr. Riordan down in Panama, you know, he had started treating, um, autism quite a bit in the past. And so we're starting getting out more and more that stem cells were helping with autistic children and even some adults um, to an extent. So that started happening and we started just kind of refining our process and the different techniques and treatments that we were doing. Out of that, some patients did come for autism and we just, we saw success and that led to, to more and more people coming really. So, I know you touched on uh, stem cells with autoimmune diseases, but will you tell everyone just how stem cells can benefit someone with an autoimmune disease, whether it's from like pandas to like 
Hashimoto's. I'm sure you've seen everything, right? Yeah, pretty much across the board. Um, and it works the same way for all of them. The mesenchymal stem cells, we like to think of them as the manager on the construction site. They're seeking out inflammation and yeah. immune system function that is not going properly. And they go after that. So for the immune system, they target it out and they send out what are called cytokines. Um, those are pretty popular right now because of COVID and everything with the cytokine storm. The cytokines really are just signaling proteins. So they're actually a good thing in most cases. And in this case, they send those out to the immune system. And it's sort of like, think of it like antivirus software for a computer. The software is not working properly in that immune system. So in a case like Hashimoto's, like you mentioned, it's attacking the thyroid when it should be protecting it. And in this case, the stem cells reprogram that to, you know, basically stop attacking the thyroid and allow it to heal. There's usually inflammation at a site like that. And they go in and they start guiding the cellular repair. So this type of stem cell, I mean, the man who named them, Dr. Arnold Kaplan, he's a professor up at Case Western University, and we've gotten to work with him and meet him and different things. Um, he wishes he could rename them. He named them back in the early 90s, mesenchymal stem cells. He wishes he could rename them messenger signaling cells. Mm. Because in your body, like people get confused thinking they're, oh, they're embryonic, aborted babies, they become anything. That's not how these work. They don't become anything. They, their main function is, like I mentioned earlier, like they're like the manager on the construction site. It's the different things that they're sending out that allow your body to heal like it did when we were like healthy little kids, you know? So that's really the, the way that it's working. It's a different uh, guidance of either the immune system or of tissue repair. Um, we see a lot of chronic degenerative diseases too, where we see benefits. So that's really what they're doing. So with these stem cells, uh, it's all donor stem cells, correct? Yeah, we only work with donor cells. Uh, the reason why, is it um, you can take them from like in the United States, they'll take them from, say, bone marrow or fat derived, but they can't culture the cells, meaning replicate them. And it becomes a numbers game. Like we do an IV of, say, like 100 million, where in the United States, you're lucky if you get 100,000 from fat. You're lucky if you get 10,000 from bone marrow and you can't replicate them. There is one lab up there that does take it from umbilical tissue like us. But again, they can't replicate. So they're lucky if they get maybe four or five million. They then have a freezing process to deliver it and usually end it with about 50 percent loss in that. So it's just not enough cells. And then on top of that is that that first round of cells is the worst round because it's a traumatic event trying to isolate them or even taking, you know, like a liposuction for fat or bone marrow aspirate. That first round is not the healthiest because it's just it's, it's a traumatic event. It's just been taken out of where it belongs and they don't release as many cytokines. They don't release as many exosomes, as many uh, chemokines or trophic factors. So the replicated cells work better. We've also got the advantage that replicated cells, they're, because they're from such young tissue, they haven't experienced like a bad immune system. They don't have that response, which and Dr. Kaplan goes into this a lot. If you pull his, some of his videos up, you don't want your own cells if you have an autoimmune condition. Mm -hmm. It's just, it'd be pointless. They're already not working properly. So by taking them from placenta and umbilical cord tissue, mm -hmm. um, mesenchymal stem cells lack what's called HLA, human leukocyte antigen. And that's what would tell your body to reject it. 
Like, um, if you were a perfect donor for me for a kidney, my body would still want to reject that kidney because our HLA markers are different. So by the mesenchymal stem cells lacking that, you don't have to worry about it. Like we could do a biopsy of your bicep right now, isolate the stem cells, and we could inject those into me, no problem. There'd be no risk of rejection. So that's why we use mesenchymal stem cells, and that's why we take them from donors. Our screening process is still really in-depth. Um, the women that we take them from, it's a fertility clinic. They're all live, healthy births. They're pre-planned, C-section delivery. And even then, only like one out of 100 is viable for us to use because, you know, it's tissue that normally gets thrown away. Mm. The doctors aren't being careful and they're, they're worried about the baby like mm -hmm. they should be. So, you know, about one of those is viable. We take that. The rest we lyophilize, meaning freeze-dried. For adult patients, we use as like a, a super vitamin shot. And um, the tissue, it's then extracted from. It's the, mm. the ladies that donate are third-party lab tested for everything. Like uh, my son's six, we had him here at the list of blood panels they give women just even for a regular birth. It's like a couple pages of markers, every virus, retrovirus you can think of. A mesenchymal stem cell couldn't carry a retrovirus or a, a normal virus. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, there's a less than 5% chance it could carry a retrovirus. So we check for all those. The women are tested. This, the tissue that we use is then tested. And then finally, the cells are that are isolated are actually tested. So everything's triple checked, third party lab. We know we have to be, you know, even stricter than maybe a US lab because there's a bad perception of Mexico. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's kind of funny because really the doctors, the schooling they get here is better in my opinion. It's a lot more hands on. It's a lot more just integrated with actual patient care as opposed to just memorizing things. Um, but it, you know, it gets a bad reputation because eh, like anywhere there are some bad ones. So, so I know people are going to ask, why can't you receive this type of stem cell treatment in the U.S.? Because of the cultivation factor, meaning replicating. And now there are stem cell clinics in the United States. They are now about to start cracking down on those because three years ago, three and a half years ago, the FDA gave a moratorium on stem cell therapy saying, all right, we can't culture but we're not gonna really come regulate anyone for the next three years. They then gave it a six month extension and that time frame's up and we're already seeing like different like clinics in the United States looking to move to Mexico and mm -hmm. other countries because they're not even gonna be able to do those fat derived or you know bone marrow derived exosomes. Uh, they were kind of a legal workaround. Those have been regulated. They're gonna crack down on all of it, according to like what I've been reading recently from different lawyers and such. So So in your personal opinion, why won't the FDA approve it? Because it works? <laughs> because it works. Um, they, it, it's exactly that. I mean, when's the last time they cured something? It's, there's no money in curing anything. There's a lot of money in treating it. And mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, the head of the FDA is always an ex-head of big pharma, mm -hmm. almost yeah. always, usually <laughs> Pfizer. and as many good medications as they make, they're stuck on their stock price. They have to keep it going up perpetually and you know, they got to have more and more patients. So why would they want to cure something? Then you have the orthopedic surgeons. People don't realize they have like a billion dollar lobby in DC that doesn't want, they want to cut, you know, like a good example are back treatments for a lot of patients. We put ozone into the disc, then stem cells because the ozone shrinks it. Well, that treatment's been approved in Spain since the 1980s. 
and so many people have back problems, but they're not going to like let that in the United States. Wow. They know it works. It's too simple. Wow. They want to cut. So you, you've got a few. Those are just two of the top level was, factors. Yeah, and that was such a good answer. For sure. Well, and um, the there is a tourism, like health tourism market. We, we were just in Mexico, Rosarito, Mexico last year for fecal micro, microbiota transplant. So okay. how does Dream Body Clinic kind of stand out versus some maybe some of the other clinics that are offered in like Cancun or Panama? Panama? For sure. Um, Panama is amazing. You know, that's Dr. Riordan. He, he trained up under Dr. Kaplan. You know, that's why he knows so much and why he's so good at what he does. But it doesn't seem like he's really is involved in the clinic now. It looks like he may just now kind of be back, but he's taken a few years off and they're not doing some of the things that we're doing. I think maybe we're pushing things a bit further. We first, I mean, it becomes a price thing. They, you know, they got Mel Gibson. He didn't have to say that they helped his dad, (laughs) you know, and people want to think, oh, a celebrity endorsed it. No, a celebrity didn't just endorse them. He he saw results and he didn't have to tell anyone. And it was good for the whole industry. He, He said, look, stem cells work, which was awesome. So we've now gotten to work with Dr. Kaplan and most of the top clinics do, you know, there's some in like the Bahamas, some in like, you know, Columbia, other places, and they're all doing the same thing. Fortunately, our lab has been doing this for over 10 years. Their equipment's paid off because Mexico has a socialized medical system and private care. It keeps the cost of private care down. So unfortunately, doctors, biologists, I mean, they compared to Americans, they make like nothing. It's, mm. it's really crazy. <laughs> but because of that, we're able to keep the cost down. And we're not trying to just jack the prices up just because we're treating Americans. We're doing things at the same price like that they're doing it for Mexicans. And we want to help as many people as possible. So we've got the cost advantage over most places. And then on top of that, we've got an amazing staff and we've got, you know, we're pushing it with the intrathecal. Other places have done it and some are, but the intrathecal has been a huge difference. And that's where we go into the spinal fluid. And with brain issues like autism, we're seeing children that weren't making eye contact make eye contact same day or next day. Um, we're starting to post more videos of those and kids that weren't talking that are talking now. You know, it's not a cure. There is no cure. Like we want to just think, hey, here's a pill. This will fix that. But we're making the quality of life of these kids so much better. And that's the goal. We want them to have is comfortable. Lowering the inflammation, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's like. Part. The huge part of what we're trying to do for Theo with pandas is lower the inflammation that he has in his brain. Okay, so you touched on intrathecal. What other routes of administration would you do for someone? Like, just explain what we're doing for Theo and yeah. what we would do for autism. Um, so if you go to our site, you can see it. The, the kind of standard package. And the reason it's packaged is... I hate it when you go to a website and it's like just information. You don't see prices. You don't even know if you could afford it, if you could do it. So we just put together an autism package there. It's $7,000. That's the hundred million IV two nebulized sessions, and then 25 million via intrathecal. And we have to do that in the operating room for the kids and all that. So that's what we're doing for Theo. He just did the nebulized and the IV portion of that. There was a hundred million IV there. And we'll do the second nebulized after we do the intrathecal. And at um, the nebulized, we, we started doing the nebulized and the intrathecal was partly because of an autism patient. Um, we work with a doctor, Dr. Jason Williams. 
Um, he's based out of Atlanta and Mexico City. He's a cancer specialist. He used to do stem cells like this in the United States, I think maybe like 15 years ago, and they came after him. And this was before it was regulated or anything. And he was helping a lot of people. And the only reason they didn't like take everything and throw him in jail, basically, was because he was doing it for free. And because of that, he recovered you know, or moved on, but they made him sign an affidavit. He wouldn't do stem cells in the U.S. anymore or anything. But this patient, he would still go to Columbia quite a bit. It's where his girlfriend's from. And this patient went down there and they did intranasal injections for him. But he's a bit older, you know, he's like a teenager. And we were like, well, no little kid's going to sit there for an intranasal injection. So <laughs> those are painful. Too. Yeah, I've, I've done it. I was the, I'm always the guinea pig. So any <laughs> treatment you see, you see on our site, I've personally done. And I was the first one to do intranasal with no anesthesia, nothing. And it was not fun. But um, we still, a lot of adults do it because it gets to the mucous membrane, which gets it, it bypasses the normal flow of an IV that goes heart to the lungs. The lungs act as a bit of a filter, so you don't get as much past that. This gets more directly to the brain. So then we're like, well, nebulized would work. Mm. And our lab had been doing that for a lot of different lung conditions. So with the, the nebulized, we're able to get those to the mucous membrane, which crosses into the blood brain, into the uh, blood stream and goes straight to the brain. So that crosses the blood brain barrier, right? Yeah. So the stem cells are very, think of like a hamster going under a door. They can kind of move their shapes. They can kind of wiggle their way through the blood brain barrier. Um, It's still difficult for them. So not all of them are going to get there. So the nebulized also, a lot of those get to the lungs, which is beneficial, but it's not the best, like the intrathecal where we're going into the spinal fluid and that goes directly to the brain, no blood brain barrier to pass anything. But because with kids, that requires anesthesia, it requires, I mean, it's, it's so much more invasive that we opted to, to combine both just to get as many to the brain as we possibly can. Awesome. So with intrathecal, is it as invasive as like a spinal tap? Do they go under general anesthesia? How does that work? Um, so no, it's not as invasive. It's a much uh, larger gauge needle, which actually means it's a smaller needle. It's mm-hmm. a 30 gauge. It's like the size of an insulin needle. That's um, like what we use in the dental world. Yeah. And it's it's really not a difficult thing for an anesthesiologist or a neurosurgeon to do. Here in Mexico, they're the only types of doctors that are permitted to do that. So we've got this great anesthesiologist that's been doing, you know, these kind of injections for just even adults and other patients for about eight years. And he told us, he goes, look, the kids aren't going to sit still. We need to put them under. So the kids are under for 10 to 20 minutes. I always go in there with them, just kind of take some video. And it's a real quick procedure. The kids drink some, it's a, I can't remember what kind of anesthetic it is, but it just kind of gets some loopy, a little Mm -hmm. drink. Then we put them under pain-free, easy, and it's all done super quick. So yeah, there's a little bit of risk with any sort of anesthesia anytime you're going into the spinal fluid, but we haven't had any issue with that. It's all extremely sterile and you know, it's no problem. So with um, stem cell treatments, I think we kind of went over this, but for the autism package, so you have the 100 million in IV, you have 35 million each nebulizer. So I guess that's 70. 25 million. Oh, 25 million. Sorry. And then how much are administered through the intrathecal? Um, intrathecal, we do 25 million. Okay. And that does depend on weight. This kids start getting bigger. We can go up higher. 
you know, 50 million, 100 million. We customize it for each patient. Everyone's different. So, yeah. And how long do stem cells last within the body? So there's two kind of areas of research with that. It becomes difficult to keep an eye on them, to track them. So there's some studies that basically say they get in and just they're done. They don't do anything. But that doesn't match up with the anecdotal evidence where, I mean, for us, most patients see the most results three to six months after treatment. And there's quite a few other studies that show that they'll, they will survive in the system for anywhere from eight months to a year because what they end up doing is a process called uh, maturing. So right now they lack HLA. They are an MSC going through the body. If they don't find a capillary to call home, because that's where they naturally live, they're called pericytes. They live on the capillaries. Some of them will find peri like capillaries. They can stay there indefinitely. But others will go through the system and they'll eventually mature. They'll become like an osteocyte, osteoblast, a different type of cell. And the, they will have HLA at that point. Your immune system just kicks it out. There's no immune reaction, anything. It's like, it's very easy for your immune system to deal with. Not a big deal. And yeah, usually about eight months to a year is what we see. And I know it's recommended with kids to do it a little bit more frequently. So like every year, every nine to 12 months, is that right? We recommend like, you know, for if people are going to do it as an ongoing thing, like we get a lot of people that want anti-aging aspects, IVs, we say once a year. Um, if it's something that they're just not quite seeing the results they want, some people will come back as often as like six months, but we're more of the approach of like once a year is mm -hmm. a better time schedule. It's, mm -hmm. you kind of have to give it, well, I mean, why, why not give them that full year? And I mean, again, our, our hope is that you don't have to come back for most of our treatments. So, but with someone, I mean, for us, autism. if we, yeah, autism and his condition, we plan on coming back if we see gains and improvements we plan on coming back yearly um how soon so this is a question that theo's uh autoimmune neurologist was really interested about and she's so for this treatment right husband she's yeah. like super excited about it and she's an american doctor well she, i'm not quite sure where she is from originally <laughs> but she's in the u.s she's, she's well-renowned doctor yes. in the u.s yes. what trying to say and she was really excited that we were coming here to do this, um, which is awesome because, well, it's not surprising for those of our followers who know us that we just have a really great team. But the typical mainstream American doctor, oh, you're going to Mexico for a treatment? You know, they're oh, not completely. as on board. Anyway, she was really excited about it. But she did have a question is how soon do the effects of stem cells show up in blood work? Because she's wanting to run some new panels on Theo like in the fall. And so she was just curious, like, is that gonna show up in his blood work? And I think we had asked you and you had asked the doctor and he said, give it probably two to three months or maybe three to four. Yeah, and it depends what you're looking for. With autism, it's tricky. I mean, we'd have to first see something that's off. You know, if you've got like a certain marker you've seen in the past that like, hey, his uh, cortisol is really high or maybe kidney function or something. Yeah, usually two to three months, you'll see something there. But a lot of kids and I'd say the majority, you, you don't really see anything in the blood work. Yeah, that's the tricky part. Like we'll and for us, we do just because he has pandas. So we have yeah. the elevated strep titers and all of that. So we're pretty excited to see what that looks like. Yeah, that'll be exciting for us, too, because I don't mm -hmm. think we've had anybody check those specific markers. So yeah. That'll be great. And we had the um, lab 
just when we did lab works yesterday and run those too. So oh, good. Yeah. So good. you'll have those beginning. And that's why we have to customize everything for everyone. Like, you know, not everybody we do rheumatoid factor or C reactive protein, but when people have, you know, different, different conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or something, you know, there's different markers that you're looking for. So it's good. You know what you're looking for already. Mm-hmm. Treat the patient, not the symptoms. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> everyone's different. We got to kind of narrow it down. So love it. How or do you get people mostly from the U.S.? Where is most of your client base come from? Now it's pretty much all U.S. We had a kid last week from Saudi Arabia with autism. So we've had people come from very far, getting a lot of calls from Israel lately. Really? Um, but no, the uh, United States is the majority. I'm American, so it's just kind of a built-in kind of you know, people tend to trust someone from their own country. They see me here, all that, managing everything. We get a lot of, we used to get a lot of Canadians, but COVID has really destroyed that. That used to be like half our business. You know, Canadians are very open to looking for treatment outside because, you know, their their socialized medicine actually lets them down in a lot of ways. Right. So we used to get a lot of Canadians. And Virat is known for, we kind of call certain parts of town Little Canada because there's so many Canadians. Uh-huh. But um, about six months a year. But now with COVID and all the crazy lockdown stuff they have, like, they're, they're pretty dried up until things settle down there. Right. Do you have any other questions? I feel like we covered like a lot. Yeah, you, were you guys are lucky important. if you're listening to this because I feel like we, I mean, their website's amazing too, but I feel like hearing from other parents, we, um, Josh connected us with a few other parents that we reached out to on WhatsApp that have benefited from um, autism treatments here. And that was really great. And then we just have our little autism mom group that, Two of the moms have come down here recently and they will probably continue to come as well. So I think it's just so great to connect with other parents who have gone through it. And we have had like a great experience so far. We're only on day two. Mm -hmm. Yesterday we did lab work. Um, Today we did the IV and the nebulizer, like we said. Um, And we're here, I mean, it doesn't take very much time. We're here for vacation and for Theo. So Eva's just at the resort with Nana and Papa, and we'll be headed back to the pool with them. It's not something where Theo has to be down for the entire week. There's one day where we do the intrathecal where he just needs to stay in for a few hours. But other than that, everything's like completely safe. It's minimally invasive. And I think that's part of, again, why, you know, FDA, different things don't want it because it's it's almost like anticlimactic for people. You know, right, you know, they come right. down, they're like, it was just a shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do you want more? But no, it's, uh, yeah, it's. Exactly. Like really, yesterday was probably the hardest with getting blood work. Today was easier than yesterday. Yeah, we're starting to learn little tricks of utilizing iPad or holding Theo or the right dad way. dad holding him the right way. <laughs> he, yeah. Theo knows that, um, I'm a little bit softer, but I held Theo down yesterday for, I mean, when I say held him down, I'm not on top of him, but he's on top of me and I'm holding his chest and someone else is holding his legs. But um, yeah, we're just learning all the things and every kid is different, but he, I mean, today he's like hanging out with everyone and loving on the nurses and (laughs) Carter over here. He likes his beard. (laughs) Everyone's so friendly and so great. So So Josh just would like to close it off. Any final things in the, those families out there that have kids with autism, any final thoughts you have for them? And I, you know, just uh, take a look at what's going on. 
um, they, what other options, you know, there, there's other things you can do. I think all parents are looking to explore anything they can do. And I think we're starting to build more and more people that have come here. And fortunately it's people like you that are willing to share it and talk and it, you know, like you got to talk to those other parents that have been here and we'll keep building that up. So there's more and more people to talk to. Again, it's a medical treatment. People have to always remember, like, you know, it might not do too much. Hopefully it will. And that's what we're seeing. But uh, everybody is completely different. Each case is completely different. So you got to figure out what's right for you. And I think we're a great option and we're happy to help, really. Well, Can you tell everyone your website real fast? Yeah, it's www.dreambody.clinic.com. Awesome. And for us, I just want to throw that out there. Like we've connected with enough parents to that have done stem cells in, you know, like Cancun, Bahamas, um, Panama, and they really saw best results after their second treatment. And I think that patients or parents that try something, they're like, oh, it didn't work. But they're judging within like a one week, two week span. And really, like you said, these things need to mature, just like the Theo's um FMT treatment, things, you know, needed to cultivate his gut microbiome needed to be more diverse. And we're seeing a lot of improvements just even a year after. Um, so that's why we plan to do for sure two treatments to just give it, you know, an extra shot to make sure we're seeing the gains where other people are seeing them. Yeah. And I think that's right. Especially when we were only doing IV treatments, you know, because the IV majority goes to the heart and the lungs. So they aren't necessarily all getting where they need to go. So we've seen a huge improvement since we started going direct to the brain, but yeah, it's uh, it can take more than one. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us for this podcast. Um, you can check out dream body clinic website or reach out to us. If you have any questions, we'd be happy to direct you to Josh and his team so they could take good care of you. Thanks Josh for taking the time yeah, today. Thank you, so thank much. you guys. Hi, this is the Pure Green Family Podcast. I'm Eva, my little brother's Theo, and my mom and dad are Sean and Angela.